Hello, and welcome to the LARB Radio Hour, brought to you by reader-supported LA Review of Books. I'm your host, Kate Wolf, and I'm joined in the studio today by my co-host, managing editor of LARB, Medea Ocho. Hi, Kate. Hi, Medea. So today we have Bong Joon-ho on the show, talking about his newest film, Parasite. Yeah, how exciting is this? Yeah, this movie, I... I went crazy. You did? I, I was, because well, I was scared. I was laughing so hard at parts. I was so scared. I do my little thing where I put my fingers over my ears because of the sound. Like hearing something is always like the scariest part to me. Like the, oh, the yeah, surprise so sounds. But I was very scared at parts. I was laughing so hard. I was just, I was crying at times. Were went you the full the, range. <laughs> were you the most animated person at the screener? Because generally the screeners are pretty, pretty tame in this, terms of audience reaction. Well, it was also in a really the the one I went to was in a, like a kind of partly finished building. Okay, that what? was like very eerie and perfectly fit the the film. But there were there were lots of laughs. I, I mean, I might have been the one screaming, "No, don't!" <laughs> the only person doing that. But how about you? Yeah, I also really love this movie, and it was not at all what I had expected it to be, because judging from the title, I thought that there would in fact be some parasite uh, or some kind of creature or something involved uh-huh. but it's actually this sort of a tragic comedy that involves these two families and uh, the eternal fight between the rich and the poor yeah yeah <laughs> but it, it really is it's a fantastic movie and it's also very beautiful I thought. yeah yes yes so we should listen to our interview let's do it okay have Bong Joon-ho in the studio with us today. Bong Joon was born in Daegu, Korea in 1969. Bong is the director of the critically acclaimed films Barking Dogs Never Bite, Memories of Murder, The Host, Mother, Snowpiercer, and Okja. His latest film is called Parasite. Uh, won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival and has critics and audiences raving. Parasite follows the exploits of the Kims, a family living in poverty in Seoul, South Korea. They see a way out of their hardship when their son gets a job as an English tutor with the Parks, an affluent family. The Kims slowly infiltrate the Park home, and it's difficult to say what happens next without giving the rest of the movie away. But I think we should say it's full of surprises, it's full of horror, <laughs> and, and actually a lot of humor. Yeah. It's an excellent movie. Congratulations, Bong. Thank you. And we should mention that um, we are also joined here by Bong's interpreter, Sharon Choi, who will be translating his answers for us into English. This movie, yes, is excellent and amazing and surprising. And I'm wondering where the story came from. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration? How you started to piece mm-hmm. together the plot, which is, yeah. you know, has so many twists and turns. Mm-hmm. What parts came first to you? 뭐 나도 과외를 했었거든요 대학생 때 예, 그래서 되게 부잣집 과외를 또한 적이 있어요 그때 본의 아니게 이렇게 그 부잣집에 매주 가다 보면 다른 집의 사생활을 엿보는 듯한 그런 느낌이 있었죠 그게 묘한 기분이었어요 So I also worked as a tutor when I was in college and I tutored for a very rich family and this isn't something that I intended but as I went to the house every week I felt like I was spying on the private lives of complete strangers and it was a very eerie feeling 그리고 제 친구들을 그 집에 소개시켜주고 싶은 마음 같은 게 있었어요 그러니까 그 남학 그 중학교 남자였는데 걔가 하는 다른 과목에 막내 친구들을 하나둘씩 집어넣고 싶은 마음. 음. 
And I wanted to introduce my other friends to this family. I taught a middle school boy, and he needed tutors for other subjects. So I was thinking what it would be like to introduce my friends one by one into this home. Actually, it never happened because I fired very quickly. Really? <laughs> he got fired after only two months. <laughs> what? Can I? Why did you get fired? 그 중학생 남자애랑 뭐 인생 얘기도 많이 하고 좋은 대화를 많이 했죠. 공부는 별로 안 했어요. 그러니까 잘렸겠죠. The boy and I we shared many good conversations about life, so I didn't really teach him anything, which is why I was fired. Well, so actually that brings me to a question that I wanted to ask. How did you grow up? And this is part of your experience as a tutor, but how did you grow up understanding the difference between the rich and the poor? 저는 뭐 미들 클래스죠. 중산층 가정에서 자랐는데 되게 가난한 친구들도 있었고 부자 친구들도 있었고 중간에서 양쪽을 다 접할 수 있었죠. 친척들도 마찬가지고. 근데 우리가 대부분 그렇지 않나요? So I grew up in a middle class home, but I had friends who were poor, friends who were rich. I was able to observe both sides and the middle. I also had relatives like that as well. And I think it's kind of similar for everyone. And did you I think one of the elements that you see in a number of your movies is a sort of uncontrollable rage <laughs> towards mm. people who might have more. Mm. Did you ever have flickerings of that when you were growing up, when you saw the mm. rich? Did you have feelings of anger? 분노. 네, 더 uh. 가진 자들에 대한 분노. 아니, 뭐, 그꼭 분노라기보다는 저는 오히려 슬픔. 음. 함께 이렇게 함께 평화롭게 살아가기가 너무 힘드니까 거기에 대한 슬픔 같은 거죠. 그 안타까움 같은 거 노골적인 분노라기보다는 같이 함께 조화롭게 살수 있으면 그게 패러사이트가 아니라 공생이 되는 건데 그게 쉽지 않으니까 거기서 코미디도 나오고 호러도 나오는 거겠죠. I wouldn't call it, you know, outright rage. It's more of a feeling of sadness. It would be great if we could all, you know, live together peacefully, but it's very difficult in this time and age. So I felt a lot of sadness regarding that. And, you know, it would be great if we could just harmoniously coexist together rather than be parasites. And I think a lot of the comedy and horror of the story comes from that sadness. Well, so let's talk about that because... The title of the film to me is so brilliant because mm. it's ambiguous, because there's a parasitic relationship that goes two ways. The Kims obviously live, in a sense, off the parks, but then mm -hmm. the parks very much take this labor mm -hmm. and they begin to live off the bodies of the Kims and that they couldn't exist, their life couldn't continue yeah. without them. Mutual parasite. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that's really shown so effortlessly in the film. I wondered if you could talk more about the relationship between the families and if you saw one of them as being the bigger parasite. Mm. Well, 영화를 보면 당연히 이제 침투에 들어가는 느낌이 있기 때문에 가난한 가족을 패러사이트라고 이렇게 네이밍하기 뭐 규정 디파인하기는 되게 쉽죠. 근데 물론 그게 전부는 아니죠. 방금 얘기한 것처럼 서로 간에 뭐 기생충의 역할이 있으니까요. 네. So because this film really focuses on this idea of infiltration, it's very easy to define the poor family as the parasites. But that's definitely not all there is to this story. As you said, both are parasites. 근데 서로가 침투하려고 했을 때 사실 그게 또 간단한 문제는 아니죠. 이 라인에 관한 얘기거든요. 그 크로스 더 라인 하지 말라고 그 부자가 계속 얘기하잖아요. 그 라인을 누가 긋는가? 누가 또 그것을 침범하는 것을 두려워하는가? 또 라인에 관한 얘기죠. 공생하려면 서로 라인을 평화롭게 넘나들어야 되는데 
그 라인을 하나의 어떤 성벽처럼 만들고 그것을 넘어오면은 싫어하고 증오하고 이런 게참 문제인 거죠. 응. You know, when both are parasites, it's not that simple because the story is also about this line. You have Mr. Park in the film talking about how he doesn't want anyone to cross the line, and I think you can ask the question of then who draws that line? Who is afraid of other people crossing that line? In order to peacefully coexist, we need people to constantly go back and forth and cross the lines. But you know, in the story, you have people treating this line as if they're you know high castle walls and hating anyone who crosses it. And I think that's the big issue. Of our times, I agree, and it's even the where they live. For instance, so the Parks live in a gated, beautiful, modernist home that yeah. no one can infiltrate, while the Kims live in a basement where there's a man who's constantly pissing, <laughs> you know, on there their property. There is no private <laughs> privacy in no, their house. No, there's no yeah, privacy yeah. at all. Everybody on the street, they can see. The, the family inside, and yet the Parks live in a house, you know, with glass walls, but mm-hmm. no one can see because there's no mm-hmm. one around. This is some kind of castle. Castle surrounded mm-hmm. by the trees and the beautiful the walls and mm. in a lot of ways those seem like symbolic elements of the story and there's mm. a lot of symbolism throughout mm. and I'm just wondering when you're you know writing a script and mm. seeing the story like do those occur to you as plot elements or mm. do you think of them as like oh if I you know this detail is very symbolic when you're constructing the story which comes first mm. these kind of more mythic aspects or just the everyday kind of plot points that you want to get in. 저는 이제 물리적으로 접근하는 거 좋아요. 실제로 이런 공간이 있고 거기 그 공간에 나 자신이 또는 인물들이 왔다 갔다 한다라는 개념으로 아주 프랙티컬하고 물리적인 접근을 일단 먼저 하는데. 예. So I always like to take a very physical and practical approach. I think of a space and I imagine how it would be for myself and my characters to roam around in that space. And also there is a very strange stone in the movie mm-hmm. from the beginning part of the movie. And the main character said, "Wow, this is very metaphorical." 그건 사실 평론가들이나 할 표현인데 그걸 배우가 먼저 얘기해 버리는데 그것이 어떻게 보면 상징이란 것 자체를 제가 좀 우스꽝스럽게 만들어 보고 싶은 그런 마음이 있었나 봐요. And you know that's something that a film critic would usually say, but you have our actor announcing it up on the big screen, and so through that, I think I was trying to make fun of this idea of symbols and symbolism. 그래서 mm. 상징적인 거에 의지해서 시나리오를 써나가진 않고 오히려 구체적인 공간. 이 영화는 집두개에서 대부분의 사건들이 펼쳐지니까 이 집을 내가 어떻게 지을까, 어떻게 만들까, 여기서 사람들이 어떻게 움직일까를 되게 실질적으로 생각하면서 써나간 것 같아요. So I don't rely on symbols when I'm writing the script. I like to always focus on the actual space and the specificity of the space, particularly because most of the story happens in two houses. So I always think about how do I build this space? How do I create it? And so I always take this very practical approach when I'm writing my stories. Thinking about space, so it's something like Snowpiercer, and though I have not seen Okja, it seems to take place in Snowpiercer obviously takes place in a very confined yeah, space yeah, and yeah. you use that space very masterfully and then Okja is a little bit more of a fantastical yeah. sort of it's real but it's there's a fantastical creature in it yeah. why did you decide to go back to Korea and really situate it in a real yeah. world here actually it's around 2013 during the post production of Snowpiercer I got the very first idea of this movie Parasite so actually it's before Okja So, come back, 돌아간다라는 의미보다는 뭐 옥자 전에 이미 동시에 준비를 하고 있었던 거니까 그냥 자연스럽게 이 스토리 자체가 나한테 이제 
파라사이트처럼 스며들어 온 건데. 예. So because I was preparing this project before Okja, it didn't really feel like a comeback. The idea just naturally seeped into me like a parasite. Mm-hmm. <웃음> 그래서 뭐 미국이냐 한국이냐 또는 뭐 잉글리시 랭귀지냐 코리안 랭귀지냐 문제보다는 이 사이즈 이 패러사이트라는 요 마더나 살인의 추억 같은 이 사이즈의 그런 집중력으로 다시 돌아온 느낌이 좀 기뻤어요. So it really wasn't about whether it's in the U.S. or Korea or whether it's in English or in Korean. It was really more about the size of the production because I came back to the scale of mother and memories of murder. Mm-hmm. It felt great to sort of take this very focused approach again. Yeah, it's very narrow and deep. Kind of storytelling. Also, mm-hmm. the Snowpiercer, as you said, is very horizontal display of the classes, but this is very vertical display of the the class and class struggle kind yeah. of thing. And this is, although a story that seems you know it's very specific and rooted, mm-hmm. maybe in Korean culture, it also has a universal quality, and mm-hmm. I could see it you know taking place in another mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. and in another culture. But with that said, I wonder if there are elements. Of this story, where you were trying to kind of make a statement about something that is, if not universal, like specific to your experience of Korean culture or mm, mm. certain class mm. anxieties that might exist mm. more prevalently there than other places that you've encountered. Well, you said that the poor and the poor are not universal. But nevertheless, Mm-hmm. Lambdon, in the subtitle as Lambdon, but actually is I can explain. <laughs> <laughs> so because the story is about the rich and poor, inevitably it's a very universal story. But still there are very strange and trivial details that are very Korean. One example is Chapaguri, which is translated into Ramdon in the subtitles. Mm. <laughs> 이제 한국 일반 대중들이 특히 애들이 되게 좋아하는 그거예요. 두 가지 인스턴트 누드를 섞은 건데 근데 거기에 무슨 썰로인을 이렇게 소고기를 토핑을 하는 거죠. 그 부자집 만화님이 이제 뭔가 이제 애들은 뭐 부자집 가난한 집 상관없이 애들은 다 좋아하는 거지만 뭔가 나는 거기 토핑을 해야겠다라는 그런 느낌인 건데. So it's that noodle dish you see in the movie. Japaguri is a combination of two very cheap instant noodles that's very popular with the Korean public, especially with the kids. But it's just the rich housewife, she adds the expensive sirloin on this dish because, you know, kids are, whether they're rich or poor, they're just kids in the end. But the mom feels like she has to add this topping fit for the rich. 그래서 음. 한국 관객들 중에 이걸 보고 이것조차 심볼릭한 걸로 또 해석한 사람이 있었어요. 그래서 거기에 뭐 고기를 얹은 그래서 유튜브에 찾아본 그런 게 있긴 있어요. 뭐 그래서 이 레시피가 또 유튜브에 나오기도 하고 그래서 예. 원래는 이제 존재하지 않는 레시피고 제가 시나리오 쓰다 만든 창작한 건데 요즘 실제로 이렇게 먹는 사람들이 있다고. 예. So some audience members in Korea actually interpreted this as being symbolic as well. So there is like a video on YouTube talking about it. But the recipe is going around now. This actually 
no one really puts sirloin on this dish. This is something that I invented while writing the script, but now I've heard that people actually eat it this way. <laughs> Please try. <laughs> Not bad. It sounds kind of, it looked good. I thought yeah. it looked good. It looks quite delicious. It does yeah. look quite delicious. <laughs> And I understood why the girl was very annoyed that she didn't get any. Yeah. She got angry because no one offered it to her, yeah. you know. She would really want to eat it when she's hungry. We're already hungry now. <laughs> yeah, now we're uh, hungry. <laughs> You are listening to the LARB Radio Hour, recorded at KPFK in sunny Studio City. You've been listening to our interview with Bong Joon-ho, whose newest film, Parasite, is out in theaters now. We'll return to that interview in just a moment, but first we have this week's book recommendation. We have Sarah M. Broom on the line with us today. Sarah's latest book is called The Yellow House, and Sarah is joining us to recommend a book. Sarah, what book are you going to recommend? I'm going to recommend one of my favorites, W.G. Zabald's The Immigrants, which is, for me, a timeless story that, uh, without which, I don't think I could have written my first book. Tell me more. How did Zabald's book inspire you? So I love the book because it's essentially the story, it's broken up into, I think, four sections, and each of them is led by a main character, and he tells the stories of these characters, and all of them have some relation to Germany or the war, and they all experience loss. They've all sort of experienced a kind of disappearance of the world as they knew it. And it's full of history and it's a Baldian in the sense that, you know, it's full of digressions and tangents, which I happen to love. And it's a marvelous example of what you can do if you allow yourself to sort of break through the typical form. When did you first read it? I first read it, oh my God, I think in 2001 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Way too late. I was like, why had, why did, and wait, <laughs> when was it written? It actually was written in 1992, actually. The Immigrants appeared in 1992. Okay. And it came out, I think, in America in 1996, and I read it in about 2001. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for that recommendation. Will you tell us the title of the book again and the author? Yes, it's The Immigrants by W.G. Zabel. Thank you so much, Sarah. We've been speaking with Sarah M. Broom. Her new book is called The Yellow House. You are listening to the LARB Radio Hour. We now return to our interview with Bong Joon-ho, filmmaker of Parasite. Maybe you could talk a little bit about Mrs. Park. To me, I saw a lot of the action in the in the film hinging on her, actually. Mm-hmm. Her shame, mm-hmm. her shame, her fear, and that if she was able to talk with her husband more, you mm-hmm. know, about her fears, about her, her children, the mm-hmm. family, you know, the shame of, of the servants not mm-hmm. being as good or, you know, having done things wrong, that, that the miscommunication and her mm-hmm. isolation um, was like 
a catapult to many of the events that take place. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you understand this character? 그 일단 재밌는 캐릭터죠. 그 일단 그 부인과 남편과의 관계도 일단 좀 기묘해요. 네. I mean, she's a very interesting character. She has a very strange relationship with her husband. 그 남편 되게 세련된 사람인 것 같고 현대적인 사람인 것 같지만 사실 보면 그들의 관계도 되게 수직적이거든요. 은근히 가부장적이야. 그리고 막 부하직원 다루듯이 막 한단 말이지. 그리고 막 어, 남, 내가 남편이 이 사실을 알면 나는 뭐 교수형의 능지 처참인데 이러고 기묘한 이상한 억압적인 관계가 있어요. 음. Um, so, you know, the husband, he seems very sophisticated and modern, but actually their relationship is very hierarchical. He's a very secretly a patriarchal person. He treats his wife as, you know, if she's one of his employees. At one point in the movie, she talks about how um, if he finds out, he will chop and quarter me. So they're, uh, they have a very repressive relationship. 그리고 그 말씀하신 것처럼 그 여자가 이제 그 부인이 잘 속기 때문에 이 모든 사건들이 벌어지는 건데 근데 사실 보면 그 사람이 되게 멍청하거나 바보 같은 사람은 아니거든요. 뭐 학교 다닐 때 공부도 되게 잘했을 것 같고 스마트한 사람인데 단지 너무 이 온실 속에 이 부자 세계의 온실 속에만 살아온 거죠. 그러니까 순진하게 그러니까 험한 나쁜 경험을 그러니까 뭐 사기를 당한다거나 나쁜 경험을 할 기회가 별로 없었던 사람인 거죠. So a lot of the story happens because she's a gullible person, but actually she's not, you know, she's not an idiot, she's not dumb. Um, you know, I think that when she was in school, she probably did well, and she's a very smart person. It's just that she she's always led a very sheltered life among the rich, and that's what led to her. being so naive i think she never really experienced anything bad happen to her mm. mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because the bi- the film starts with the former tutor saying in english in the movie mm-hmm. she's simple yeah but yeah. she's she's very as you said and she's very not simple in the ways yeah, in yeah. which she makes decisions and mm-hmm. uh, she lives her life they are she makes she's always seems to be thinking about yeah. what should i be doing what mm. is the right thing for me to be doing but mm. in, in you know in the end she makes a number yeah. of wrong decisions yeah, yeah. 이, 이 여자가 맞닥뜨릴 준비가 되지 않은 어떤 사태까지 결국 가게 되는 거죠 어떻게 보면 되게 좀 가슴 아파요 이 캐릭터가 맞이하게 되는 사건들을 보면 Yeah, so in the end, this woman faces things that she was never ready to face. And so when I think of this character, it's quite heartbreaking, thinking mm-hmm. of what she's, yeah. going, what she's gone through. Because she hasn't done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After the screening, I was talking to somebody and they said, you know, it, that it felt very much like watching a Shakespearean tragedy. Oh. But we should say there's also a lot of almost Shakespearean comedic moments in it. There's... Yeah. some prat falls some sort of silly <laughs> hiding and being found out mm. were there ways in which you thought about the story as having predecessors or who were there somebody that you were influenced by when you were putting the story and this film together either filmmakers or writers 그런 거 뒤섞이는 거에 관한 얘기 아니요 그 영화에 어 영감 받았던 다른 작품들 영화든 소설이든 일단 mostly how can I say quite many filmmakers I love mm-hmm. like Brian De Palma and Claude Chabrol French director mm-hmm. and Kim Ki Young Korean master uh, he made great uh, criminal uh, crime story like a housemate but anyway on top of that there is Alfred Hitchcock 
Mm. He's great suspense and also the humor. He has a great sense of humor. And 또 식욕에 관한 먹는 거에 집착을 많이 그, 그런 거 저랑 비슷한데. Mm. Uh, he's very obsessive over food, which is quite similar to me. <laughs> so very. So he's always very yeah, inspirational. 기생충 관한 영감. 기생충 작업하실 때 받았던 영감. 그러니까. 그래서 기생충 때도 그 히치콕의 사이코 같은 거를 또 프렌즈 같은 후기 작품들도 다시 봤는데 역시 많은 도움이 됐어요. 그 사이코 같은 경우 특히 그 노만 베이츠의 집, 베이츠 모텔이 아니라 그 뒤에 있는 집. 거기가 부잣집은 아니지만 그 집에 있었던 여러 가지 그 집에서 있었던 여러 가지 상황들을 생각해 보면은 뭔가 페라사이트를 또 연상할 수 있는 부분이 있을 거예요. So even when I was working on Parasite, I rewatched Hitchcock's Psycho and his later film Fringe. Um, but in Psycho in particular, you have the Norman Bates house, which is, you know, not a rich house. But if you recall all the things that happened in that house, I think it would remind you of Parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we, which is a, kind of brings me to what I wanted to ask you about, about genre, genre film, that you... All your films have this kind of trenchant social commentary, and mm-hmm. you talk about class, you talk about environmental degradation, mm-hmm. um, but often there are these kind of, th- it's within the form of a thriller, something horror, mm-hmm. supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I, and, and they're incredibly entertaining, um, but I wonder about working in, in that way and making mm-hmm. stories like that, um, what appeals to you ab- about mm-hmm. working uh, in these kind of g- genres? Mm-hmm. 사실 시나리오를 쓰거나 만들 때는 별로 나 스스로 의식을 못 했는데 저도 이제 지난 그동안 만들었던 영화들 이렇게 돌아보다 보니까 일단 장르에 대한 저의 사랑과 증오 그러니까 이중적인 감정이 있어요. 거기서부터 이제 모든 게 기인하는 것 같은데. 예. So I'm never aware of um, genre uh, when I'm creating, when I'm writing my scripts, but when I recall all my previous films, um, I can sense, you know, both hatred and love towards genre. There's this um, contradictory feeling I have, and I think that's where everything begins. 장르에 대한 사랑, 장르 컨벤션을 따름으로써 오는 그 달콤한 유혹과 막그 흥분, 장르에 대한 흥분 이런 것과 동시에 그거를 가차 없이 장르 컨벤션을 그냥 파괴해버리고 싶은 충동이 막히 뒤엉키는데. 예. So I always have a mixture of these two feelings where I want, I love genre conventions and I feel, you know, so much excitement and sweetness from following these conventions. But at the same time, I have this impulse to just recklessly destroy all those conventions. 특히 장르 컨벤션을 파괴해 버렸을 때, 장르 규칙을 따르지 않았을 때, 거기에 이제 틈이나 구멍이 생기면서 글로 이렇게. 사회적인 현실이나 코멘트들이 이렇게 막 콸콸콸콸 들어오게 되는 것 같아요. In particular, when I destroy genre conventions, I think you um, and don't follow the genre rules. There are these holes and cracks that form within the film, and through those cracks, I'm able to insert my, uh, you know, reflections on our current society or provide social commentary. 그러니까 우리 사는 세상이 사실 장르 컨벤션에 딱딱 들어맞지가 않잖아요. 그래서 그 컨벤션을 안 따르면 어쩔 수 없이 그냥 보이는 게 현실이 되는 거랄까? 그냥 제 스스로 그렇게 
한번 정리를 해봤어요. 도, 돌이켜보면서 만들 때뭐 그걸 다 의식하고 처음부터 그렇게 한건 아닌데. 예. 음. So because the world that we actually live in, it doesn't follow genre conventions. So when you break genre conventions, naturally you end up witnessing various aspects of our reality. And that's that's a conclusion that I came to as I was, you know, reflecting on my films in retrospect. When I'm actually writing or creating my films, I'm never really aware of that process. Mm -hmm. So has Hollywood tried to bring you on? (laughs) And, And what are your... How do you feel about being, you know, in this place where the industry is so strong? 괴물이 이제 토론토 영화제 이제 미드나잇 매드니스 섹션에서 소개되고 나서 이제 처음으로 이제 그때 처음으로 미국 에이전시들 한국은 에이전트 시스템이 없거든요. 에이전시들의 연락을 처음 받았었었죠. 괴물 이후에 그때 되게 재밌었어요. 와 이런 시스템으로 이렇게 되는 거구나. 근데 그리고 뭐 사이파이나 뭐 크리처 영화, 몬스터 영화 같은 것들 제안도 많이 받았었죠. 근데 좀 소심하고 겁이 많은 체질이라 그런 오퍼에 응하지를 못했어요. 그냥 와 이거 재밌겠다. 극장에 개봉하면 꼭 보고 싶다. 시나리오 잘 썼네. 뭐 이런 리액션만 있었죠. 음. So um, after the host was introduced um, in the Midnight Madness section of the Toronto Film Festival, that's when I was first contacted by American agencies. And in Korea, we don't really have an agency system. And so it was very interesting to see how the system and the process works. And I received a lot of offers for sci-fi monster films. But naturally, I'm a very timid person with a lot of fears. So I didn't um, you know, accept any of those offers. I was just like, wow, what a well-written script. It must be so fun. I can't wait to see it on screen. <laughs> um, well, lucky for us that you did not yeah. accept those offers. Oh. <laughs> 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 아, 괜찮은 시나리오 많았어요. 뭐, 어, 뭐 나쁜 그런 건 아니었어요. <laughs> There are a lot of great scripts. They were not, you know, all bad. <laughs> um, I know we have to wrap up, but I, I guess the intimacy between these people in the film, even though it goes very wrong, there are mm. moments mm. where it's... Um, It's, it seems so promising, and it mm. seems like people c- who aren't family can become almost like family. I'm wondering if you have ever been close to someone that where it felt almost like some kind of transgression, someone mm. you shouldn't have been close to maybe, um, and how that may have influenced you know, this idea for this film. Transgression. 그 가까워지면 안 되는 사람과 가까워진 적이 있는지 그리고 그 경험이 기생충에 어떤 영향을 줬는지 가까워지면 안 되는 사람 네, 뭐 되게 개인적인 질문인데 음, 아 인간이 사실 아까도 뭐 크로스 더 라인 얘기를 했지만 인위적으로 이런저런 라인을 우리가 긋지만 그거대로 사실 사라지지는 않잖아요 그러니까 어, 항상 라인을 넘고 싶은 충동이라든가 여러 가지 삶의 엇갈림들이 있죠 뭐 우리 다 인간이니까 그리고 이 영화에 나온 가족들이 뭐 자기들 스스로 정당화를 잘하고 이건 범죄가 아니에요 하지만 사실 나쁜 짓을 하잖아요 근데 그럼에도 불구하고 그뭐 사기를 치고 말했는데 그들이 또 약간 어 오히려 그들에게 정이 가고 뭔가 사랑스러워 보이기도 하고 그것이 어떻게 보면 영화의 위험한 매력인 것 같아요 예. You know, it's 
as human beings, it's impossible to never not cross the line. That's not how life works. We always have this impulse to cross the artificial lines that we draw, and there are, um, we go through so many transgressions just as human beings. And even in the film, you see these characters justify what they're doing. Um, you know, they they're like, we're not committing a crime, but they are committing crimes. But despite that, we we come to root for them, and they we feel like they're very adorable characters. And I think that's the dangerous charm that cinema has as a medium. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems like a lovely place to end on the charm that cinema has as a medium. This is, in fact, a very charming and excellent movie. <laughs> thank um, you. Thank you so much, Bong, for coming in and speaking mm. with us. 감사합니다. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And congratulations, yeah. really. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to our interview with Bong Joon-ho, whose newest film, Parasite, is out in theaters now. You've been listening to the LARB Radio Hour. Subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like the show, leave us a comment and tell us what you think. The LARB Radio Hour's executive producers are Eric Newman, Medea Ocher, and Kate Wolf. Our engineer is William Broughton. Production assistance is provided by William Broughton, Eleanor Duke, Lauren Kinney, and Jake Levins. Our theme song is by composer Imogen Teasley. Special thanks to Alan Minsky, who is no one's moral conscience, for production assistance, and to Emerson College for the use of their studio in Hollywood. Tom Lutz is the publisher and editor-in-chief of the Los Angeles Review of Books. 